0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Packs with She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney. And this week, Perry Goldstein is out of the country, out of the continent, quite frankly, um, at a wedding, international wedding in Bolivia. So she is, you know, we didn't know what the Wi-Fi was going to be like. She didn't want to lug in airport and a microphone and all of those fun things through custom. So I have a, a special guest this week, somebody that I used to get to talk football with regularly. And somebody who I don't think I've gotten to talk football with since December, maybe before Jacob Westendorf. Thanks so much for coming on with me.
2: Yeah, it's good to be here. I, I don't know that I can live up to to Perry Goldstein. Not many can, uh, but I am <laughs> certainly going to try uh, safe travels to her as Bolivia. That's awesome. I've never I've never been outside of the United States. Um, Same. And I'm I'm not sure how much it appeals to me. Uh, I, like, I thought about it when the Packers went to London, like, would that be fun? But then I was thinking like time changes and all that stuff. And it turns out that was one of the worst games they played last year, or at least one of the worst <laughs> halves of the season and all that good stuff. So, um, uh, yeah, should be fun. Yeah. We get to, we used to be able to do this once a week and then Andy, for whatever reason, decided it was time for us to break up. So <laughs> here we are. Uh, but no, it should be fun. Appreciate you having me.
1: Yeah, so we are going to play a game. Like I said, you don't know what this what this game is. Um, but I, I think I kind of teased it last week. If I didn't, everybody I've really been listening is like, what the heck is she talking about? But <laughs> last week, Perry and I went through and gave way too early position predictions. Like our June, how is this roster going to compare to the 53 that comes out in August kind of prediction. So this week, I thought we could play an NFC North position battle game. So here's how it's going to work. We're going to go through all of the position groups across the NFC North and we're going to rank them together and we're going to give out points. So whoever the best quarterback we think is in the North, they get four points, three points at the end of all of this ranking. I'm going to have to quickly do math and add up all of the point totals for all of these teams. And we'll see based on purely position groups, who we think is the quote unquote best team on paper alone. Does that sound fun?
2: It does. Uh, one <laughs> quick point for clarification. So when we okay. get to positions where there's more than one, so like Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, yep. David we're, Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, for example. Yes, or, we're taking, we, taking the group. The whole group. Okay. No,
1: well, so I, I made a cheat sheet. We're going to do like top three. So like wide receivers, we're not going to do, you know, the whole peanut gallery. We're just going to sure. do like, you know, the first couple.
2: Starters, if you will.
1: Yeah. Sure. And, you know, the caveat here, of course, is that we're recording this on June 28th. So we don't know if these depth charts are very true. Um, so I will say that there are, you know, the further we get like safeties, Packers fans, these probably aren't going to be the starting safeties, but that's how they are on the depth chart as of June. So these are the ones that we're going to go with for the sake of this very unofficial official exercise that we're doing.
2: Okay. So, yeah.
1: you ready Let's to get started? It. Let's do yeah. it. Okay. Starting, of course. With the four quarterbacks, we have Jordan Love, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, and Jared Goff. Let's hear your thoughts.
2: Yeah, so we did something similar to this with Jacob Morley, and we ended up settling on Jared Goff as the guy. Um, And the debate we decided, yeah, we decided it was between he and Kirk Cousins. Now, the caveat being that we were building a team to make the playoffs in 2023. So. Yeah, so if we're projecting forward, then you know for the next five years or something like that, that might change. Actually, it might not honestly, but change my answer. Um, but I we went with Golf over Cousins, um, and that was basically like to me, quarterbacks are like so Patrick Mahomes is like his own tier, right? And then after that, you've got like Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, that kind of crew. And then like if you do things instead of just by numbers, like going by tiers. Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, Jared Goff, like these are players that are all kind of at Derek Carr, they're kind of all in the same bucket as guys that teams probably wish they had somebody better and but they're good enough to get you to, you know, if everything goes right around them, they can Matt Ryan your way to a Super Bowl appearance <laughs> and they can get you to, you know, the playoffs somewhat frequently. Um Jimmy G's case they've been able to do that uh with the best roster in football, most of the time. But we went with Goff because basically, based on playoff performance, Goff has overcome, he overcame two double digit deficits in one game against the New Orleans Saints in that dome where, like, when Breeze was there, that was the most raucous crowd that existed at the time. Um, I thought he went, he didn't really go score for score with Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau a couple years ago when they came here, but he did well enough, I thought. Uh, During that game with a mangled thumb and me and I said this could very well be just a byproduct of when I grew up but watching and admiring uh, Brett Favre as a quarterback like I, I really value toughness at that position playing injured at that position, which wasn't to say cousins doesn't have toughness. Um, but Goff, I know played like I, they showed pictures of his thumb after that Rams Packers game and it was mangled and disgusting. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't even imagine trying to hold a pen, let alone throw a football in the freezing cold that it was at Lambeau that particular year. Um, so we went with him and then it went like cousins. And then I basically coupled, um, Jordan love and Justin Fields. Cause I don't know anything about if those guys are any good or not. I don't know if that's a good answer for, For this game, if you want me to rank them in order, I certainly can do that. But I do have Goff number one um, and Cousins number two. I just think that those are the only players in this division that are proven. And right now, my friend Isaac Gregg said it. I think he said it well. Right now, it's the worst quarterback division maybe in football. Subject to change. But right now, it's not very good if Jared Goff is number one.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Jared Goff, you know, the case there. I think for the sake of the game, you know, for, you know, projections sake, we'll just say, As they stand right now, which, you know, to that point, Jordan Love would be fourth because he is an unproven commodity. So given that we're trying to rank teams and give them point values based on, quote unquote, being the best, I think the four points here would go to Jared Goff and then Kirk Cousins, three. Justin Fields will get the two and then Jordan Love will have the one here. So Packer fans, don't fret. This is not necessarily so we'll make either. up for it
2: here in just. A, um, trust me, in just a minute, <laughs> we're going to make up for this with some of the other other groups here.
1: All right, so now we've, we're going to segue now into the wide receivers. We'll talk Green Bay. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed are going to be the three here. Chris, uh, the Chicago Bears will have D.J. Moore, Darnell Mooney, and Chase Claypool. Vikings get Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, and K.J. Osborne, and then Detroit will have Amon Ross, St. Brown, Marvin Jones returning, and Josh Reynolds.
2: This is tough because, like, okay, so the best individual player is Justin Jefferson, right? And I think you can make a case that that's still the, like, KJ Osborne's fine, Mm -hmm. you know? He's a good three. Right. And Jordan Addison's a rookie. And, like, the underlying numbers with Addison and his athleticism and just that profile doesn't bode well for someone like him. Like, so I could argue that they're fourth. Detroit, I can argue the same thing. Amon Ross St. Brown's really good. I actually do think they're fourth because St. Brown is is really good, but the other guys like Marvin Jones is kind of crafty veteran. Um, but I don't think they have the star receiver in that group like the other three teams do have. Um, you don't think
1: is a star?
2: Uh, I do. I, I suppose I, I, but I don't think he's on the same level as the other three's top guys. So like DJ Moore, um, Christian Watson, and. Justin Jefferson to me can like change entire offenses. Whereas like the lions drafted Jamison Williams to open things up for Amon Ra. And they've kind of built things that way. It's just, it's tough to build your offense around a slot unless you're Cooper cup, in which case maybe that is what Amon Ra St. Brown is to a a much lesser degree, but it's tough to do things that way.
1: So that's, that's a good point that you brought up then too. Jamison Williams, obviously suspended to start the season, do you think having him there in place of let's say Marvin Jones changes the outlook for that Detroit offense <sighs> It's hard, uh, to or see. for it's the sake of our rankings at least? Yeah.
2: It's hard to say just cause I saw, I really liked him coming out of that draft. Mm-hmm. That was the guy I was hoping if green Bay was going to spend a first round pick on a receiver, that was kind of the guy that I thought they would really like. And I really liked him too. Um, but he only played like, six games last year because he was injured, uh, which we knew was kind of going to be the deal. He had some really nice moments. He had a touchdown taken away against green Bay um, in that last game of the season on a, a holding penalty that wiped out a, a really long touchdown. I don't know how much it would change things just because again, kind of like Jordan love he's a relative unknown yeah. from that standpoint. I feel like I'm stalling to try and give the, the answer <laughs> of who's the best here. I'm going to give the nod to Minnesota as the best team, despite everything right. I just said, just Justin Jefferson is Devonte Adams. He's Ty, you know Tyree kill. He's Jamar chase. He's in that class of receivers and he might be better than all of them. Um, and I think that alone, it's similar to when, you know, Devonte was here and we were talking about like, well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's MBS. It's Alan Lazard. It's, it's these other guys, but they also have Devonte. So right. I agree. that made, yeah. And that made things a lot easier that way. So I would put them one. I would put, Chicago two um, with more and Mooney just because Moore is more proven than than Watson. Mooney's a better player I think than than Romeo Dobbs, and I'd put Green Bay three and then I'd put Detroit four. Um, I just think the secondary receivers like I'm not buying as much stock in Romeo Dobbs as you are, but I am <laughs> buying some of it. Yeah, uh, and I I love Jaden Reed. That was one of those like. I didn't think they would take him when they did, but it was like a fist pump, oh, hell yeah, kind of reaction yeah. when they took him type of thing. So I re- And I think he's a guy that could integrate himself very quickly and easily with Jordan Love, um, just being that you know underneath target quarterback's best friend type thing. I, I feel like he has a really good chance of doing something like that quickly. So that's how I would stack it up. Minnesota, Chicago, Green Bay, and then Detroit.
1: Yeah, Chicago is kind of the head scratcher, I think, here because DJ Moore really – makes up for a lot of some of this other stuff, you know, Darnell Mooney, pretty good. Chase Claypool. I know there's been reports that he hasn't been, you know, fantastic coming into, you know, OTAs and things or they're not happy been performing thus far. So
2: yeah. don't ever, ever trade for a receiver that the Steelers are willing to give up on. They're like one of the best teams in the league at doing receivers. So I'd (laughs) laugh, but the Packers tried to do that too. So.
1: Yeah. And I mean, Yeah, so I I agree with you, and you are, of course, the guest of the show, so your rankings will have some pull here. We'll take Minnesota with four points, Chicago with three, Packers with two, and the Detroit Lions with one.
0: Um This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: The Packers having Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Chicago has Khalil Herbert, and I'm going to give them Rashawn Johnson because he was a fourth-round pick, and I just think he's going to see the field a lot his rookie season. Minnesota now has Alexander Madison, and Ty Chandler is listed on their depth chart as the number two guy. And Detroit, you mentioned earlier, David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. So thoughts on how that position shakes out
2: yeah green bay should get eight points here because i feel like it's a runaway in terms of they're the best group um aaron jones to me is a top 10 at the floor back in football and i feel like aj Dillon is being undervalued i know he didn't have a great season last year based on maybe what we were expecting but i feel like this is a year where he could certainly rebound and running the ball he did really well it was in the passing game where he had some struggles um, I'm interested to see how that third back thing shakes out, but we're not doing that here. And either way, Aaron Jones is the best back of this entire group's top four. Detroit, I think, falls in line as their second group here. David Montgomery's kind of a good at everything, not great at anything back. Detroit gets a demerit from me for letting Jamal <laughs> Williams walk. I'm not quite sure why they did that, but they did. Uh, but Jameer Gibbs, I think, is going to be not worth the 12th overall pick, but a very good addition to that offense, especially in that dome with the speed and the space that he should have to operate again, the matchup between he and like Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. So during the season, yes. So yes. From a tool standpoint, it's incredible. Um, and then, I mean, Chicago is interesting because their running backs are made better by the fact that their quarterback is the best runner in the, at the position not named Lamar Jackson. And I actually think he's probably a more gifted runner than even Jalen hurts. So That makes things interesting, but I think that just pure backfield runner, I think they're fourth by Minnesota. Madison has done some things in recent years that make you feel like he can kind of carry the load. I like Khalil Herbert, but I've never seen him have to be that guy. Like you mentioned, they drafted Rashawn Johnson relatively high uh, in that class. But um, I just, again, he's a rookie. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to be in the NFL. I think he'll be good, but I don't know. So I like Minnesota. I give Minnesota the nod over them.
1: Yeah, I definitely think David Cook, or David Cook, wow. Dalvin Cook changes things. I was reading David Montgomery at the same time. Dalvin Cook would have changed things for the Vikings. I think they definitely get a higher than two rating from us if he is on the roster. But obviously, we know that he's not. Alexander Madison getting the opportunity to come back and be the guy. Like you said, a lot of these rooms have third guys. Chicago has Deonta Foreman. You know, you could swap him in, I guess, with Rashawn Johnson since he is a rookie. Minnesota has uh, Kene Nwongu, who's really, really good special teamer, but taking just the pure players, uh, the first and second, I agree with you absolutely. I think Green Bay gets the four points here. Uh, Detroit gets three, Minnesota the two, and then the the more unproven depth in Chicago at one. So
2: would we have put in Minnesota at two if Dalvin was still around or am I just still I like think, scarred no, from, okay. I feel like half of his career rushing yards have come against the Packers.
1: Absolutely. And just the threat he <laughs> is in the receiving game as well. Like yeah. I think that that would have given them. I don't the fully edge.
2: understand. Like I know the underlying numbers and all that stuff, but I, I just don't understand Minnesota's rush to like, they couldn't trade him. They didn't let him go to like do anything in terms of cap. I just don't understand the motivation to let him go now. For nothing, you know, like, I mean, I feel like you could have, maybe he's not worth the contract or whatever, but I don't feel like the cap space benefits are going to be there for them. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't see the thinking there.
1: Especially when, I mean, I I know that there was a lot of luck involved in that Viking season. It felt like the 2019 Packers where a lot of things kind of fell their way, but the division is as wide open as it has been in 20 years and you want to give away players that can help you win now. It just... It, it was a head-scratching decision, I think. And I understand you know, wanting to go younger and get a look at some of these guys and you're entering that kind of weird – is it a rebuild? Well, sure, but then why did
2: you – yeah, why did you trade for TJ Hawkinson? Why did you – why is Kirk Cousins still there? Like there's a lot of things that don't necessarily line up with some of the – other. and maybe they couldn't do it all in one year. That's certainly – because like what, Z'Darrius Smith, uh, the Eric Hendricks, they've, they've lost some other guys on the defensive side of the ball too. I just – the Vikings' approach to building their team – I understand not thinking they were as good as they were last year. I don't understand going into like, Hey, like on paper, Minnesota's best hope this year is to finish nine and eight and win the division that way. Like that's their high end, if you will, maybe 10 or 11, if they get a, another bounce here or there,
1: I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up TJ Hawkins and now we're going to shift to the tight ends. And like I said, this is the, our lad's depth charts. So, how they have it is how I wanted to play this thing out. So for green Bay, obviously Josiah DeGuara probably is TE1 at this point, but that is not how he is listed on the depth chart. So for this exercise, we've got Luke Musgrave and Tucker craft uh, for the Packers. Chicago has Cole Kmet and Robert Tunyon. The Vikings have the aforementioned TJ Hawkinson and Josh Oliver. And then the lions have Sam Laporta and Brock Wright. So really intriguing stuff here, obviously two rookies for the Packers who have no tape, no NFL experience, but then you've got Detroit who has a rookie as well. And, brock wright who if you can list his stats that <laughs> i'll be pretty impressive. that
2: sounds like a made up name sounds like a madden, you, name. a madden name yeah <laughs> and i know he had like a big touchdown against the jets last year to win the game which was like right after they traded tj hawkinson my guy russell brown told me about him but <laughs> yeah i'd be lying if i said i knew who that was if he hadn't told me kind of thing um tj hawkinson and josh Oliver's a really good group and that's another thing josh in the draft, and they, yeah yeah like and they signed him – out so you signed a free I, – I, again, Minnesota's team-building strategy just is weird. But Hawkinson, I think, is overrated as a player, but he's still good, um, which matters, especially at that position that's really valuable. If you have a tight end who's not just a guy, um, That that's incredibly valuable. But those two guys together, I think, make an easy number one. Agreed. Cole Komet and Robert Tunyon are both – like. Paul that's above average. Um, Tunyon, another year removed from his knee injury. We've seen him lead the league in touchdowns before, but how much of that was a byproduct of Matt LaFleur? How much of that was a byproduct of playing with the league MVP, which he's not going to be doing this year. Uh, but even still, I think that's a pretty easy number two. And then with Green Bay and Detroit, I think it's – I liked Laporta the most of those three guys, the three rookies that you mentioned, but – Green Bay's got two of them. And I liked both of those guys just after Laporta. So I give them just that slight bump because of it. And Josiah DeGuara kind of has this do it all chess piece type thing that has a rapport with Jordan Love. Like, I just feel like we're kind of debating between two rookies or one rookie that you really liked versus a guy who had some nice moments in last year with Brock Wright. But I would give Green Bay the nod just because I think Musgrave certainly has that upside that you're looking for craft fits really well in the offense. So I'm kind of betting that one of those guys will at least be able to do something in year one, whereas Laporta is listed as the starter, but he might not like, he might just be a run of the mill rookie end. They only have one chance at a rookie tight end playing well for them in this year.
1: Yeah. I, so far, I think we're, we're pretty lockstep here. I know we gave, Jordan loved the one initially because he didn't have a ton of playing experience. So by that argument, you know, you you could give the nod to the lions here, but I just think the upside is higher for the green Bay tight end position group as a whole. So let's finish up with the offense before we do a quick check-in at the half to see uh, where everybody stands point-wise. We've got the offensive line. We've got green Bay with David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, John Runyon, and we'll say Zach Tom for the sake of this exercise at right tackle. Chicago's got Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, Cody Whitehaired, Nate Davis, who they just signed in free agency and Darnell Wright, the first round rookie. Minnesota's got Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram and Brian O'Neill. And then Detroit has Taylor Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow. Um, Halamute Hal- <laughs> Vitae. <laughs> I, I can say the Vitae. The, the first name is a stretch and then Penny Sewell, of course. So mm-hmm. thoughts on those guys.
2: Yeah. Detroit has the best offensive line in football after Philadelphia. Um, And there's even a chance now with Philadelphia losing Isaac Sumalo that, um, that Detroit and uh, Jason Kelsey's another year older. Lane Johnson's another year older, like Detroit could take that leap above them. So I think they're number one. I think green Bay's number two. I think those are both pretty simple. And I say that even with some, you know, question marks in terms of Josh Myers, I don't know, I don't know, you know, I I want to believe, but I'm like David Duchovny in the X-Files. I want to believe, but I I don't know. John Runyon is fine. Um, I think he's, you know, just a solid starter at guard, uh, which is a good thing to have. Zach Tom has played about 500 snaps at tackle between left and right tackle. So it's a small sample, but you liked what you saw last year. Minnesota, Chicago added pieces to their offensive line, but it I mean, that wasn't a good group, wasn't a very good group last year. Donald Wright hasn't played a snap at tackle. I liked him coming into this class, but he's a bigger guy, and the NFL is kind of moving away from players that are, you know, big plotters like that. They added Wyatt Davis. I still think they're going to end up like Lucas Patrick's going to play for them a little bit. He's fine. Braxton Jones is a fifth-round rookie. He's fine. So because of guys like the star power, if you will, belongs and gets Minnesota with Christian Darrisaw. Uh, He gets the nod basically to give the Vikings that three spot, even if I think the worst player of the 10 I just mentioned is probably Ed Ingram. Um, but they make up for it by the fact that Christian Darisaw is the best player between those two. So Detroit, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago is how I would rank that.
1: I agree. There's just so many unknowns with Chicago, you know, Darnell Wright was a huge investment, especially we talked about it on the show before, um, knowing how they needed to kind of change their entire defensive line. Um, you know, the best defensive lineman in the class and Jalen Carter was sitting right there for them and they traded back. So Darnell Wright has to be very good and he has to be very good right away in order for that pick to feel like a sound investment. So holy cow, I did bad math. No, we're right. Okay. I had to check my math on the fly here. So through the first, um, the offensive portion of our ranking system, As things stand now, Green Bay has 12 points, Chicago has 11 points, the Vikings have 15 points, and the Lions have 13 points. So we've got Minnesota with a slight edge over everybody else just based on our offensive rankings alone. We'll see how everything shakes out once we get to the full entirety of these rosters.
0: 2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.